On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning. Welcome to Hunter's Postmortem on this Monday, the 13th of May. Looking forward to another big week unfolding ahead. It's actually not the 13th of May, it's the 16th of May. How good am I going to kickstart this particular week uh, where we had uh, action there from Scone, wonderful Scone Carnival with two days on the Friday and the Saturday and rolling into a, a big weekend there, of course, not only in Brisbane but Adelaide where we saw Mark Zara flying and getting winners for the punters. We'll talk all about that in the next hour and so here on Punters Postmortem with Ron Doversey, Dean Lester and also Glenn Munsey and then we'll preview just one meeting in New South Wales today, Tamworth. Unfortunately, we lost Glenn Hillis, Glenn Innes earlier today so just the one meeting uh, and that is of course at Tamworth with Gary Harley we've got scratchings for Tamworth as well and Tanya Thomas joins us g'day Tanya morning Dave morning everyone yes Tamworth today where the weather is where's the weather the weather is fine the track is a heavy eight the rail is out three meters from the winning post to the 1400 through the remainder and there are 51 scratchings the first race is at 12:20. take out number six broad beach dancer seven Jew penny and 12 the polonitsa six seven and 12 race two number four rhythmic song eight hubie doobie and 11 outback pat four eight and 11 out of race three number five south Six, Torcachino. Seven, Bull Bearing. Nine, Just Like Lisa. And the emergencies, 14 and 15. Five, six, seven, nine, 14 and 15. From race four, number three, Blue Tacoma. Four, Jack's Legacy. Five, Royal Confession. Six, Eclair Stasia. 13, Rubicasso. And 14, Serenata. Three, four, five, six, 13 and 14. To race five, take out two, Foodie King. Six, Weather Channel. Seven, Daksha. 10, King Star Bullet. Emergencies 13 to 15. 2, 6, 7, 10, 13, 14 and 15. Race 6, take out 1, Fiendish. 2, Test the Waters. 3, Leave Me Be. 4, Island Lass. 10, Tears of Effort. Emergencies 15 through to 18. 1, 2, 3, 4, 10, 15, 16, 17, 18. Race 7, take out 1, Angelical. 3, McNair. 4, Ray of Dreams. 5, Our Cousin Al. 8, Majestic Wings. 9, Corvo. 10, Cosmic Bullet. 13, Me and Del. Emergencies 15 and 16. 1, 3, 4, 5, 8, 9, 10, 13, 15 and 16. And out of race 8, number 1, Rebecca's Quest. 2, Take the Shot. 3, Dalkin Len. 4, Extra Flash. 8, Japinka. 12, Big RJ and the Emergency, 15. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 8, 12 and 15, Dave, out of race 8 at Tamworth. Fantastic, uh, Tanya. All right, let's get punters post-mortem kick-started and we're going to hopefully take plenty of your calls this morning on 13.53.53. I'll say good day to Ron Doversy who joins us. Uh, first cab off the rank. G'day, Ron. How is it up there at uh, Brisbane? 
Yeah, that was in that was its going, Dave. And oh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a terrific, terrific day. Uh, warm day, wasn't it? It was 27 degrees or something. So uh, very rare for scone when the sun goes down for it to stay warm. But it was a, a very enjoyable day and great to be back at scone. Yeah, it was a good two-day carnival. Uh, there was plenty of people there on the Friday. Uh, Dean Lester in our Melbourne studio joins us. Dino, Mark Zara, he was on fire in uh, in Adelaide. Yes, he was, uh, Dave. Uh, a lot of jockeys on fire. Uh, there were three road doubles at Flemington, but Mark Zara winning the, uh, the Adelaide Guineas on Elation and then the Derby uh, on Jungle Magnate. And uh, for Price and Kent Jr., uh, yeah, he's forming a good combination with them. And uh, Glenn Munsey joins us. Glenn, how was your weekend, mate? Good morning Hello, to Glenn. Ronnie. Good morning to Dean and everybody you, listening. Uh, but yeah, just, it was just a dirty day uh, in Brisbane Saturday. Just just light uh, nuisance type rain, uh, heavier at different times. And uh, uh, the track, I thought, held up very, very well in the early part of the day. Uh, and it just had to... It had to cut out during the day. There was a lot of fill on that track. We mentioned it quite a lot during the coverage where where we sit at Eagle Farm. We're right alongside uh, the mounting yard and uh, the horses coming back as the day wore on. Uh, you know, their chest and their, uh, their their face and everything were just covered in sand. So um, the jockey said a lot of fill on that track and uh, a lot of them had difficulty seeing during the races. Yeah, I was going to say, how close? I mean, watching on television, you couldn't see a thing. Uh, sometimes the TV, though, or the cameras um, aren't like what we can see with our own eyes. Were, were, were they ever close to pulling the pin there, do you think? Or was it just going to be power on, we have to get through this meeting? Uh, well, there were plenty of jockeys saying, you know, that the visibility aspect was concerning. Um with, with the amount of kickback that there was there and with the rain at the same time, uh, they just can't see, Dave. You, you, if, if you can imagine getting hit by, you know, a couple of thousand needles, uh, which sand would, uh, when it's wet, would, would feel like, and then uh, it's not like the big clods that are coming back at you. You know, when you anticipate a heavy track, and, and Ronnie is probably the best to comment on this, uh, a heavy track you associate with, you know, mounds of dirt and clods coming back at you. Well, well, that wasn't really the case. It was just the, the sand being flicked up off the top of the track. And and you've got to realise it was a magnificent effort for them to actually race at Eagle Farm because they weren't supposed to be there. So the track was being prepared uh, after the last meeting, having thinking they're getting a two-week break into their next meeting. Uh, and then they copped the rain. So, you know, they, we can't complain that we raced there, but, you know, it wasn't ideal conditions. We'll talk more about Eagle Farm and Adelaide in a moment. Uh, Duff, uh, with Scone, I want to talk to you about Flying Crazy, who won the Luskin Star Stakes. Obviously, a lot of attention was on Andermatt. And, uh, but this horse, Gerald Ryan, has always had an opinion on, and he's got something to work with heading to Queensland, probably. Yeah, and he, he's a horse that's just um, probably slipped under the radar here in Sydney, yeah, because he's, he's won five from 11 now, and you know he's won four of his... Well, he's won four of his past six, and he was only you know five or six starts ago. He won a Class One at Newcastle, and then he won the Canberra Guineas, and um, he was beaten on that very heavy track in what I think it was the Carbine Club, um, and then he he bounced out of it to win the Daybreak Lover, and uh, then all of a sudden he wins this race. So all of a sudden we're standing up and taking a bit of notice. He's only a three-year-old, and he, he's got you know he, he's got. Well, he might have upside. He's a lovely horse, and he, he sort of um, 
Yeah, but I think even Gerald says he might even be a Doncaster Mile horse uh, this uh, well this time next year. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to sit up and take a little bit of notice of him now because he has dead set slipped the radar as far as being a spruik horse all the way along. And what do we do with that favourite, Andermatt? Is that a, a forgive run considering the position in which he found himself in the run? A small forgive um, because he still hasn't proven himself past 1,100 metres. It's as simple as that. Um, the, the few runs he's had over the distance, he, 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 hasn't, he hasn't really fired. Um, when he's had 1,100 uh, or 1,000, he's looked like a superstar. Um, wide, no cover, over racing, um, yeah... Uh, but I still want to see him prove himself as far as being the real thing, where he has looked the real thing, you know, in a, in a Canterbury 88. And, a, you know, a, a, a last time at Ramwick, he looked pretty good uh, also. So, yeah, I, the jury's out to a certain extent with a little bit, you know, forgiving circumstances there on Saturday. Uh, Munns, looking at, uh, you know, his price... Every time it, it's, I know he was obviously had not. If he had got in the other race, he was emergency. But if he had of, he just seemed like he was firming the whole time. Andermatt was he one of the, the better goes on the weekend that they left in? Oh, certainly so, Dave. Uh, I was astounded he was the price that he was. And in fact, the last comment I think I gave before I threw back to Greg, I said he's now a dollar fifty-five thrill seekers. Uh, if you want to get involved. Uh, I, I couldn't just imagine that he was as short as he was, Dave. You know, people, people, you've got to realise this horse had never won past 1,100 metres, had failed at 1,200 metres, and here you are expected to take a dollar fifty-five in a 1,300 metre race. Yeah, and it, it seems like they did. The well, demo? they did, Dave. Yeah. Dave it was two dollars into a dollar fifty-five on the day of the races. That's a very, very big go. Just and okay, just and just on that. Um, maybe to Dino and Duff as form experts. Why is the why was the market obviously the the big fish must have just thought it was a good thing. Like why why are we seeing a horse like that with a record like that? Were they just saying the opposition was not good enough? What what could be your theory as to why it started that short? Probably because he rated over the roof um, as far as these two, like his previous two wins were concerned. You know the six lengths win and. And then a dominant three lengths win, and, and obviously the figures went through that big computer, and they spat out, you know, they spat out some amazingly short price. You know, I'm, I think most people were were tipping him without backing him because he was hard to get around as far as um, his record was concerned. You know, he was better than fifty percent winning going into the race, and hadn't been touched in his last two preparations as far as uh, getting beat. So. Um, I think they'll be on the fence again next time if he arrives there at twelve and thirteen hundred. He's not going to be a dollar fifty-five. So uh, the next move they make will be interesting. All right, give us a call thirteen fifty-three fifty-three. Let's go down to the South Australian Derby Jungle Magnate Dino for Mick Price and Mick Kent Jr. I mentioned Mark Zara at the top of the program. Uh, it was a lovely ride. Uh, get some comments because there's already a few texts here about Detonator Jack and what you thought of. The run of Detonator Jack. So, can you give us an overall view of of your thoughts on the South Australian Derby? Yeah, look, I, I think uh, Detonator Jack from a wide draw is always going to go back. And whether I think uh, Mick Price got a bit of a surprise with the winner too, that they were in the back three. I think they were probably tr- going to try and angle to be midfield with cover, but uh, they went right back. And uh, I think that was probably because of, it was such a good speed and and that speed provided by Son of Emperor who. 
don't know if he should have even been in the race. The way he ran two weeks ago, uh, he showed he didn't settle at 2,000 metres and there he was at 2,500 and then uh, one of the roughies, Clydemore, just decided to serve it up to him as well. So the race was always going to change complexion quickly. So I think even though they were out the back, I think uh, that's where, the, you know, first, second, third were the back three at the 800 metre mark. Yaffet was back with them. Uh, so they've run one, two, three. And the one that suffered from... Uh, Son of Emperor going way too hard in front and then dropping back through the field was uh, Allegron and it was just one of those moments where you hoped he got around the tiring horse and uh, it stopped his momentum and, and maybe he should have won the derby but uh, he's been beaten four and a half lengths but yeah, the, the best four horses around one, two, three, four I've got little doubt about that but in a variety of ways. He was quite uh, excited, Mick Price, after the race, naturally as he would be. Um, do we know, so was there any post-race comments maybe or anything on Melbourne Radio about the plan for any of those horses? We see Allegra on his favourite for a Queensland derby in the all-in market and we'll talk about Dark Destroyer in a moment, but any chat about any of those horses making their way to Queensland? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, whether I don't think Jungle Magnate will. I think they aimed up at one race and one race only. And uh, he's, he'll be back here and go through the spring and see where he fits in. Uh, the Ma used to stable weren't afraid to take uh, Explosive Jack, who'd been to a, a lot more derbies than this horse, and, and on to the uh, Queensland Derby. I don't even know if he's entered. I imagine he would be. Uh, Yaffet uh, is a really progressive horse. He's made huge strides in the last six weeks. I really like him. I think he's a very good horse, and I think had he drawn a little bit better gate and could have used it, uh, he could have. He might be the best of them all uh, in Saturday's race anyway, given that Allegron didn't have the best of runs. Uh, yeah, well, I noticed sorry, that... Um, I was just going to say, none of those horses are nominated. No. Yeah. 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 Well, the Ma used to stable missed entries, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, that was one, one major reason why he's not there. Yeah. Is, there a late, yeah. is there a late nomination... There would be. Uh, give me time, Dave. Uh, I sent you the, uh, yeah, the Queensland document. pack the other day. I'll, I'll look that up for you guys. And, and is that why they're not in the all-in market? Well, they haven't been nominated, Dave. So yeah. uh, we but could, sometimes we put the not we nom- put not in nominated there. Yeah. in there. Uh, but you'd have to get an indication uh, that they were going to go there, and that's one thing. Nobody has asked any of the the Mar Eustace representatives what horses they intend to press on with to potentially late nominate for these races. So there's a chance for you, Dave. Your show's on each and every day, 9 to 1, here on Sky Sports Radio. Um, Get them on the phone. (laughs) Bit of producing. Yeah, Yeah. I like it. Uh, Now, in in regards to an Allegron, um, based on the run on, and obviously, you know, James Cummings and the team will have to assess how he's pulled up from that run, but based on the way in which that race unfolded and his position, Dino, um, would you be, if you were sitting there having a pump, would you be sort of thinking, right, he is 450 favourite for a Queensland derby. If he was to go that way, would you be happy to butter up again or would you be sort of saying, oh, has he had his chance and, and he's had obviously a big campaign thus far? Yeah, a bit of both. Last year, Explosive Jack ran very well going through both derbies, but he didn't win the Queensland derby. And uh, I'd say, Allegron, if you said to me, is he a top four chance? I'd say, yep. And uh, would I think Dark Destroyers maybe been on a program aimed at this? I would probably think that, uh, yeah, he's been aimed at one target. Alright. And the late nominations for the Queensland Derby are on Wednesday, May 18 at 11am for a fee of $6,000. Alright. The Guineas, I want to talk about in Adelaide because there's already some texts about this. This elation which we spoke about, he was very, very short in the market but again um, doing something that good horses do, Dino. 
Yeah, he had to. Well, he got put back in a pocket on straightening uh, by Riddle Hero, and uh, it just looked awkward for a bit. But he he quickly uh, balanced up, and, and he's got great acceleration. Uh, his full brother to a Derby place getter and a Randwick Guineas winner of years gone by in inference, and he's just got a better turn of foot than that horse. Uh, but he's a he's a good horse, and I think you'll see that uh, you know, they're putting him away now, and I think everything will be ultimately aimed at the uh, the Golden Eagle with him. All right, uh, Doombin 10,000, Duff, let's go there. Mazu gets the job done, the big announcement last week. He's locked in the Everest for two years with Arrowfield. Uh, great to see Sam Clipperton return and get that Group 1. Um, wouldn't meet a better bloke in racing. No, and um, he's a, he, he, he deserves every jockey strives to find a good horse, and he's dead set found himself one here. There's there's no doubt about it. He, he you know he was, He's been coming through the grades beautifully, he finds his group one, he finds a race where he, he sort of got out of his comfort zone approaching the turn and he, he, he found a way and that's what good horses do. So I think a lot to like about him, obviously he, he's going to be looked after now and and he'll be given every opportunity now that he's got targets and um, being a three-year-old, looking at him, watching him all the way through from his first start... Uh, to now where he, he, from the day one when he trialled as a gelding, you knew he was something pretty good and he's, he's, he's gone to the line with it. It's very hard to do what he's done and he's done it with style and, and, and a lot of substance as well. So a very, very nice horse. He's, 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 he's a beauty. What about this mare, Dino, on Trevier from New Zealand? Uh, what a run. What a way to make your Australian um, debut in Queensland, of course, because we have seen her here in, uh, in Ramwick and an invitation, etc. Yeah, and the soft ground suited her and the, the, the fast pace suited her, but she smashed through the line, didn't she? She was a terrific run, but uh, the winner was great because he was exposed to that pressure and, and was really tough. So the first two, very good, and, and she was good in her own way in Trevier and uh, I see she's going straight to the Stradbroke and that's that's a just a perfect race for her really mm. Munz you were there on track uh, James had a look at the, the tape after with Paul Ely yeah he actually uh, James McDonald this is actually rang James Cummings um, to you know just give him his opinions there but looking at the head on there, there was nothing really in it he, he never really stopped riding on Paul Ely Mazu was shying away uh, a little bit from Zoo Style on his inside, and then Mazu shifted in a bit and came back out again. There was no real contact. Uh, James didn't stop riding at any stretch of... Um, uh, I didn't think anyway, and then after consultation with James Cummings on the phone, he looked at the film and then said, no, no, sweet. Uh, congratulations, connections of Mazu. What about the fourth horse, gents? Senor Fox. Um, Duff, he, that's, what, what a run this is. Huge run. He's always been a horse that... Look, I come home from the plane, on the plane with Peter Snowden from Scone and he didn't want to talk about Marzu. <laughs> he wanted to talk about Senor Fox. So I reckon he thinks he's got him absolutely airborne. To think he's, he was 50 to 1 in the Stradbroke after that run um, was he's amazing. Not anymore. Not anymore? No, no I wouldn't $26 think so. $26 now. Yeah, still he, overs. He, 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 yeah, and... He's handled Eagle Farm before, yeah, and he handled Eagle Farm on Saturday on a surface that he hates. Yeah, and Peter's got a, you know, he's he he really thinks he's got a target, and he says I'm, I want to make this horse a little, you know, a little 
stallion prospect for a little stud. And if I can win a Stradbroke with him, it would be ideal. So that's his plan. You know, he wants to win a Group 1. He's the son of Exceed and Excel. He's a stallion. And he'll he'll have a place somewhere if he can win a Group 1. So that, he, he's tar- his eyes are on the prize, I tell you. Hmm. Yeah, uh, he obviously, what was it? Yeah, that was last year behind Tefane when he carried the 52 Ben Thompson. Would he get a similar weight um, in the Stradbroke this year with his rating? You'd expect You'd expect, so. yeah. And obviously Ben did the riding there on Saturday. So he's still $26 in that uh, Stradbroke market, Glenn. So what have we got on Trevier and Paul Lely, uh equal favourites here? Well, uh, typically, Dave, when you consider Marzu was going to be one of the favourites and he's not there, so the horses that chased him home in the traditional lead-up traditionally do become uh, the picks in the Stradbroke after that. So you got Entrevier and Paul Early, $8 a pair. Ayrton, now he's not nominated, so there must be some indication that he's going to go there. And just remember, if you do bet these horses that have got not nominated next to their names in an all-in market, it's all-in at all times. So we're, um, we're putting them in there, as I said. So there must be a bit of a push to say they, they will not late nominate for it, and he's at 11. Flying Crazy, Laws of Indice, Startantes, all at 15. Apache Chase, who comes out of the, uh, uh, the race at Rocky, 11-11, Isotope, Prince of Boom, Private Eye, Rothfire, Showmanship. So this is why I still think $26 is massive overs mm. on um, Signoro Fox. Gee, when you be consider, taking... he's a better horse than he's a he's a better horse at fourteen hundred than eleven eleven. He's a, he's a better horse than some of those there, um, and he's a longer price. But just before we get to our first call, I mean, Duff, would you want to be taking eight dollars, Paul Lilly, in a Stradbroke and fourteen hundred? I'd rather take eight dollars on Trevier. Hmm. Yeah, and I think I did read they are going to they've had a change of thoughts. I don't know if Dino knows anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, well and truly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, with Ayrton, will yeah. be late, Dom. Yeah, okay. he'll be, all being well, he'll be late. If he's going to run in anything this winter, it'll be in uh, the Stradbroke. Well, that right, ties in so perfectly with our next caller, because I think Balmain Max wants to talk about Ayrton. Good morning, Balmain Max. Good morning, Dave. Now, Dave, before I start with you boys, I just want to welcome back Duff. Thanks, and mate. Now, what, what I've got, mate, I've got a, a, a one for the boys is Ayrton. Uh, I want to talk about rights of man with Dino. I want, I've got one for... Uh, Muns and I got one for you, Dave. But I'll finish with you, mate. Okay. Can we uh, who do you want to start Ayrton? with first, Duff? Yeah, go, go, Ayrton first. Yeah, mate. Yeah. What, Can we what talk do you want about to Ayrton? Yeah, what I say about Ayrton is, well, it just was, it just backfired what they did the other day. There's no doubt about it. We know he's a good horse, and uh, they wanted to make him a stayer or whatever, a mid middle distance type, and it backfired. So uh, they're smart. They've gone back to the drawing board, they'll probably reassess him after a week or two uh, get him mad fresh again and uh, then they'll pay the money if he if they're happy on Wednesday they pay the money and he runs in the Stradbroke and he runs well, that's what I say about him So Cox Plate and all that sort of things out about for you say? Well, I, no, I, I, I wouldn't no. say that no. I, I think right. that he had such an illness that 14 to 1800 second up was just too much of a deal at this stage of his career but uh, I wouldn't say that in the spring. No, no. So it'll be a lighter winter and then more concentration on the spring and see what happens. But I'd say if he does do anything more, it'll be fresh into a straight break. Now, Dino. Yes. Mate, the ride of the century and the run of the century is a ball on the last race on the Tuesday. 
writes a man, Jamie Carr, mate. That horse was last, but what made it more remarkable was it was only over 1,100. Mate, last the last of turning for home, and oh, no wonder she's the best jockey in the world. In the world, okay, yeah. No, oh, it's mate, a, it was... Mate, what she can't do would be written on a grain of rice. Right, yeah, well, uh, no. Visionary. Yeah, Vittendale Visionari was uh, last week, but the, at the Warnable, what we're talking about is rides a man, and it look, oh, it was right. a, it was a spectacular ride, as in that he came from the back and he won, and uh, he's uh, a bit of a talent that horse. Uh, he's just uh, a bit hit and miss, but uh, running on over eleven hundred like that, uh, he uh, he got the job done, and it was. Yeah, from back in the field, it was a terrific ride. If you ask Team Williams, Alana Kelly's the best rider in the world. So, anyway. I'm pretty happy with Alana. <laughs> she, Jamie's the disciple. Yes. Now, Munns. Uh, yes, Max. Munns, uh, what we've got, mate, uh, when do the markets come out for the Maccabee Diva and the, and the Turnbull? Uh, I'd say they'd be a fair way away at the moment. Um, Melbourne Cup uh, Carnival markets. Well, we have been putting like pre-noms markets yeah. up for the for the next carnival, probably maybe three weeks or, or a month before the official noms come out. So you know, let us get through Queensland and Adelaide, yeah. uh, and then we'll start. What have you, you know, the boys might want to go on a holiday. What I tried to do on Saturday, I went down the local tab. I tried to get on the top seat to win the four races. Those two plus the Cox Plate and the Melbourne Cup. But all they served me up was a Cox Plate and the Melbourne Cup. So I took that at reduced odds. But yeah, because the one also win both braces. Yeah. I don't know whether we've ever had anyone had the same horse to win four races. We might have to have a meeting about this. What odds are you going to get, Max? Because you know you, you might owe us, you might owe us if it wins. <laughs> well, there'll, be, there'll be a dinner at the, the China Doll, mate. Oh, I prefer lunch, but, you know, dinner, we can bat right through anyway. Yeah. yeah. Now, Dave, I've got one for you, Dave. What have you got for me, mate? Mate, I'm giving you your story for tomorrow. Kathy right. O'Hara, mate. Is she on the nose, Dave? Because, mate, she's struggling to get rides. She never had a ride at Scone on Friday. She had ten rides on Saturday and four of them were scratched. But normally she's only getting two or three rides. Lucky to get one ride sometimes. And, uh, mate, they're all over 50 to 1. Well, a manager's got to, you know, get up and get going a bit better. You know, he, he can't just sit there and, you know, put all his eggs into, you know, baskets of his other riders. Get there. He's, who, who's manager's that, Cathy O'Hara? <laughs> Thank you for your call, Bell, Is that mate. bloke from God's country, is it? I was going to say, um, not only that, but you'd think that they'd be, you know, a few little bones would be coming from the C. Wallace stable. But anyway, maybe... Mm. Uh, and he, and he's very know. big on the female participation. <laughs> now, uh, thank you for your call, Balmain Bax. Uh, now, just on uh, Queensland, we're going to... A couple of texts here about Dark Destroyer. We'll get a comment from all of you. I'll start with you, Duff. No doubt you would have watched Dark Destroyer on the screens there at Scone. Um, Sam Weatherly gets this horse home. Uh, one of these Kiwis that comes across, we just don't know how good they are, but boy, oh boy, um, he's very, very good. And this second horse, Paternal, um, I thought was also quite good late. Yeah, look, I, I don't know what to think of this race. Um, I think this derby's a lot uh, more wide open than what we think. I think um, whether he was flattered 
Well, I'm not saying he was flooded on a wet track, but his his wet track ability was was good going into the race, having won on the heavy prior to that, and his soft form was good, and he had one win on the soft. I'm not good, I must say, but uh, yeah, I uh, I like him, but I'm not I'm not raving about him. I just I think he's, he's the timing looks right, being third up. You know, he was six lengths behind him at the 1400 first up, and then that was on the dry track, and and, and then he. I suppose he was good in the guineas in, behind character, but I just don't know. I, I, I just I'm looking for diff, something different out wide there. I don't know what it is, but you'll fall in love with him when you see him. Jesus, okay. good sort. Oh, is he? Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah, I just haven't put enough work into the horse, um, and I watched him win Saturday, and I thought, yeah, good win. And there was big margins there, and it looks a lovely trial, and it is the lead up, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Dino, your thoughts on Dark Destroyer and the uh, Rough Habit? Uh, yeah, I've liked him for a while in New Zealand, Dave. He was sort of thrown straight into the deep end uh, after he won his maiden. He, he's sort of gone group racing ever since, and uh, he's learned how to swim virtually. And as Duff said, he has one on, you know, he's got good soft track credentials, but his win in the Auckland Guineas was on a good on good ground, and uh, that run in the Daybreak Lover at an unsuitable trip was terrific, I thought. So, and he was ridden for speed that day. So, um, uh, I think he's he's got a great chance of winning the Derby. Okay, Munns, what's happened? Well, what happened with him on Saturday in regards to his price? Did they find him? And what's his uh, price now in the Derby? Uh, okay, Dave. Well, he was one of those horses that was very, very solid right throughout the market there. Character got a little bit easy late. Uh, he probably showed that, um, you know, the distance is just uh, beyond him, especially when the track cut up. But uh, uh, the, the Derby market has Dark Destroyer on the second line of betting now as a $5 chance behind Allegron at four fifty, And whether he goes on is a question mark. We've got Pinarello's at six, Paternal. Now, it was a very, very good run on Saturday. His form's probably better than what it reads because his only real failure, Paternal, was in the Tullock Stakes. That was at Newcastle. And I, I know he had cardiac arrhythmia, I think, that day. And, and he sort of bounced back out of that and ran in the pack of plate and then had a month off to run on Saturday. He did stay hard up against the fence there on Saturday, which was the better ground, but he's an $8 chance. And then you double that out to uh, Kabosh, who comes out of um, Scone. Characters out to 15. Gypsy Goddess, well, she's probably more the, more the Oaks. The two local horses ran out of their skin in the race on Saturday, and they were Manazzi, who was just wide and kept going and going and going, and Southern Stock, uh, he looks as though he'll get four miles the way that he goes. So they, they were the two sort of locals that performed uh, above expectation a little bit there on Saturday. And they're now $15 chances in the derby as well. All right, we've got another caller on the line. We've got Cookie, the bookie, on the line. G'day, Cookie. Good morning, boys. Great, great program. What, uh, uh, really what... interested in your all-in markets, but a question for Glenn. Um, Glenn, when are we going to get the, the big dance all-in market? Well, mate, I keep saying this about the big dance each and every week. They're, they're sitting there. The horses are in the system. Uh, they haven't got prices against them. Uh, they add another... Why? Hey, Glenn, why? Well, mate, I don't know. I haven't been to the office in five years, so I, I can't really tell you there. I send emails and everything like that, but uh, well, I don't know. that. Yeah, they. Um, there is... Uh, how many runners are there? Well, I'm just trying to look at... Well, the horses from Friday haven't been added to those uh, runners. One, two out of the Scone Cup on Friday. Yeah. 
Yeah, so... Yeah, I, you think, know. I think it's time we put it up, eh? Oh, well, look, you know, you know we're trying. Put it that way. Uh, just, <laughs> very, okay, very so just on, well, just on that, so do you think that um, Friday's going Cup winner would be your favourite at I this stage? absolutely. It's a, it's a mile horse. The other Cups are run over different distance. I think that'd be the logical favourite. I don't know whether you'd agree, but um, probably half the Cups are run. I think at the moment it'd be the logical favourite. What do you think? Glenn? Uh, well, looking at the horses they've got in there, um, you'd have to say, uh, I'm just going through past notion 1A, yeah, you know, there's nothing there really that jumps out of the page uh, that you want to want to be on. Um, Bandersnatch, uh, who comes out of Scone, well, Brenton Abdullah said he never handled that track at all on, on Saturday, um, so... He would have probably been close to the the top of the market when you consider, as I said, the horses that are there at the moment. Harmony Rose, possibly, um, you know. So uh, the, a huge majority of them are country horses that are there at the moment. And Rustic Steel, having won the Scone Cup, which prior to the prior to that, the Tamworth Cup probably would have been the highest rating race of the of the, the qualifiers. What do we think about yeah. the Wagga Cup winner? Uh, I know it was 10 furlong down there at Wagga, but Ramwick at a mile, Sea Waller, no? Elias? I wouldn't say no. Uh, no, he's done enough. He's, and, he, and he had Saturday form before he went to Wagga. You've got to look mm. at the horses probably that have got Saturday got form. Benchmark 88, you know, around that area. Yeah. Mm. Maybe yeah, He hasn't been added to these horses either. No, well, there's probably... I'll get a market up and I'll sort it out. Just whether we've got enough qualified yet. Like, there's going to be 50 qualified horses. There's 25 cups. Uh, first and second are qualified. Um, the preference goes to the winners, and then we go on ratings. So it's uh, maybe just a little bit tricky for them uh, at this stage. Yeah, OK. All right, so we'll watch that market. Thank you, Cookie, for your You've call. We've got 26 in there at the moment, and Elias is not there. So the, the horses from Wagga aren't there. The horses from Scone aren't there. Okay. All right, so we'll see what happens there with the tab. I'm surprised you only going to the, haven't been to the office yeah, for five, five years. years. I thought he went in there every year to pick up his bonus, you know. Like yeah, five the, years. No, 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 they send it out. <laughs> oh, they, oh, they, they send it out. And HR, it. HR go where I like them to go. So, you know, I don't have to front there to the HR commission, you know, once every six months. On that note, let's take a break. You're on Punters Postmortem. Uh, give us a call, 13.53.53, if you want to ask the boys a question. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. You certainly are, and you're with uh, Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey this morning on the uh, the Punters Postmortem program, and uh, we just had a call before from Cookie the Bookie about uh, a market for the big dance, and just having a look, so we've got Wellington Cup 29th of May is the next time you'll be able to get some horses eligible for that race. Grafton, Forbes, Coffs Harbour, Mwillambar, Dubbo, Lismore, Bathurst, Port Macquarie, Ramwick, and of course, uh, Canamble. Now, uh, so plenty of water to roll under the bridge there. Uh, plenty of texts on the text line today. As I said, though, if you want to ask the, uh, the fellas a question, 1353 53 and Duff, uh, on, um, the weekend or on the, uh, on the Saturday, we saw a very nice horse called uh, In Secret uh, for the Godolphin Stable. What did you make of this performance in the Woodlands? And it's an important horse for them too because this is not a homebred. This is a horse that Wynn Cox actually bought for the organisation. Um, and it just looks a machine. Yeah, I think so. I think she's very good. Um, 
How good? I don't know. You won't know till the spring. I wouldn't think they'd carry on to Brisbane. She's uh, still got a little bit of developing to do, but she's got a beautiful racing brain. How's I love speed. Like yeah, that. she's just a uh, she's just something special. I think mm. she she's um, relaxes. She sprints. She hits the line. She runs through the line. Wet, wet or dry, I'd suggest. Being by now invincible, you'd think they're better on the dry. But she's just a a natural, and they've, they've got a marvellous record. They don't buy many these days, so they're, they're, they're obviously they're, they're very astute in their purchases, and she has been very well looked after to be held back this long, and um, they're going to reap the rewards. I, I think, you know, she she could be... The sky's the limit at this stage. I know it's easy to say, you know, when, but uh, this, there's no negatives with her, I don't think. If it if it doesn't make uh, number one ride of the week on Black Bookers, they haven't been watching the races. No, it was a beautiful ride. Beautiful yeah. ride. It's beautiful. And I tell you what, um, I think they're still recovering in the office. Um, Twelve dollars. Twelve dollars. I missed the twelves. I got ten dollars. Yeah. Fair income. Yeah. Ten dollars. Yeah. I got. What, that um, was on the Monday. Wasn't all it? in. Yeah. And was petrified on Thursday because I saw Harry Mitchell and he said, oh, these, these vinnies don't go in the wet. Nah, you've done your money cold. Um, the majority of them don't. No. Yeah. Well, the, well that, the, 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 I was going to go to the next one. I am me, who couldn't beat the overs god there, was on at $8. Um, what did we make of I am me uh, on Saturday? Because uh, that's a horse that um, we've seen just sort of, you know, come back this prep uh, a different type, Duff. Yep, I don't just, I look, I, I, same thing, wet track, I'd, I'd have to be forgiving because she's been lethal on the fast tracks and putting a margin in them with an acceleration. So the only time she'd been tried, I can see, was when she was 11 to 1400 or something on a wet track and had excuses there. But oh, I think she's a dry tracker. And, and back to I'm Secret, I was about... I was about to press the button on $2.60 uh, and um, then I got to Scone and this Bradley tells me, oh, they're making this the lay of the day. And I waited $4.40 as they jumped, uh, was around town in secret. That was can, amazing. Can I ask, um, Munns, and I mean, obviously it's not your opinion, you're not the one pressing the machine on the day, but why do you think that would have been their well, lay of the day? Well, Timmy said at the start of the day, Ronnie wasn't there at this stage. He was the, his private jet was delayed. Um, but what Timmy said at the start of the day, we watched the races yesterday and they had a little bit of rain overnight. And he said, we don't want to be anything near the inside because on Friday, as the day wore on, they tended to get wider and wider and wider throughout the day. So they formed their opinion. The rail went out. Uh, three metres on Saturday from Friday. So they've said, uh, Greg always asked Timmy at the start of the day, now how do you think this track will play and how are you going to play the day? And he said, well, they got wider as the day wore on yesterday. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take on the horses that are drawn low and look as though they're going to get stuck on the fence. Well, he said, here's a perfect case in the third in secret. It'll, it's going to be the lay of the day. Barrier one. And where's it going to get to? Well, they didn't anticipate Huey would pull one for the ages out there and find in barrier one. All he did from about the 700 metre mark was make sure he got off the fence and just travelled, you know, probably five, six off the fence on the on the point of the turn. And, and it was good night, Nurse. Thanks for coming. And surprisingly, the two longest price winners of the day stayed on the inside. Uh, reduced image. And I think it was bring the ransom. Yeah. Another the very, very interesting point that was brought up there on Saturday, that track was rolled. 
It was rolled on Saturday morning. Now, I can't tell you the last time, A, I saw a track rolled, or B, that the, um, and it was Steve Ralton brought the point up, the, the chief steward, uh, the first time forever and a day that anyone has said that the track had been rolled. Now, I know in the old days, and we're going back many, many years, the track used to be rolled in between the races. Yep. And what they, it did was create a fast lane wherever the roller had been. They did that in Wagga too. Uh, and they because, rolled at Warnable. Yeah. Did they? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but so, it's, it's, yeah. It's, not, it's not broadcast, is it? Uh, well, it was in Wagga only because Mark Hart let me know. He texted me, you know what Mark's like with the socials, and was straight away onto it. But, yeah, um, there was no sort of chat. I didn't hear any chat. Uh, well, there was, not, was there anything on the coverage coming through from anyone duff on Thoroughbred Central about it being rolled? Yeah, well, Steve was on here live just saying it was um, it was rolled. So I don't, okay. there's, no, there's no secret about it. Uh, no. So it, it was pretty forthright. Um, let's get to Melbourne because I want to ask about uh, this Andrew Ramson, Dino. Um, I was on Luncey's. Um, could punters who back Luncey say they're unlucky or did point in a PM? Was it, it was a lovely ride by Alana Kelly. She just sort of took off and, and used that acceleration that he's got. Well, he was the best stayer, Dave. He was three wide the whole way. He didn't get cover and all he did was push on into the race. He was the worst weighted horse in the race and proved the best stayer. So I, I think... Uh, had Point Nepean got beaten, you'd said he was unlucky. But uh, the one thing Alana Kelly did is understand the horse kept him balanced and and rode him from a long way out, used his fitness, and, and he kept going. Uh, he's now in the Melbourne Cup. If it had been any of the other runners, I would have said, well, it's a wasted ticket, but at least he's lightly raced and he's winning. Uh, he's uh, he's a, a candidate to keep improving. We saw him once in the spring. And he looked very plain at Geelong, but he, I think he was flat from the trip over. He's been a lot better this time in and maybe more to come. What about this? He's a shocker that got up over the mile uh, with uh, Paddy Maloney on board. Um, this horse, I mean, he's had some big raps when he first came over to the Price uh, Kent Jr. stable, but that was uh, extraordinary. And gee, Pat Maloney can get these rides home at big odds. He can when he knocks down half the field. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got 13 metres for doing a right-hand turn. I thought he was... in impersonating Frankie Dettori in the Melbourne Cup a few years ago. Uh, he uh, he just came out very sharply. He must have been travelling well uh, on this horse at, uh, at massive odds. And he, uh, he quickened down well. Lyrical Lad ran well, but the two that ran third and fourth, uh, Kipps, was an enormous run, best 400 and 200 of the day. And Coulth just got held up for too long, ran really well. He'll probably be... I think they're going to run him in an 1800 this Saturday. Cool. For, I think he's looking for 2,000 metres now, but uh, he ran very well. But uh, he's a shocker. Right horse, right time. But, uh, yeah, might be a race where there's horses to follow there. All right. And what about uh, this two-year-old winner, Duel, who we saw win race one? Um, what can you tell us about Duel? Is this a horse that we should be following? There's a couple of texts here about him. Definitely. Uh, he, uh, has had two, he had two trials going in. He'd been ridden behind the pace and quickened up nicely. And on Saturday, he got left in front and uh, he just kept advancing. He he probably got to about four lengths in front and he was getting a bit tired late, but uh, the figures were good. Uh, we've said about these two-year-olds this season that they haven't been great. Well, he's, you know, he's certainly one of the better winners in Melbourne this season and uh, he won by a good margin. He's a great style of horse. I think he's a $1.2 million Easter healing, and uh, he goes out now and, and has a crack at the spring. 
Okay. Has it got a long mane or racing a brow band like it's Yeah, the brow band. Yeah, the headband. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't say much. <laughs> Flying doormat. Yeah. Let's take a quick another break. It is 9.51 on Sky Sports Radio. Uh, your call's on 13.53.53. When we return as well, we'll find out what the boys' horses to follow are this week. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. It certainly is at 9.53. That's the first time I'd heard that uh, sing-o ad before, so I reckon we can get him a gig on form line. That'd be outstanding on form line. Whatever you're back last time, just back the other <laughs> back thing this other. time. Mm. Yeah. Just back the other. Hey, uh, is, that a, is that a long strategy or is that a short strategy? <laughs> short strategy. <laughs> Only so many units. Um, the Spirit of Boom Classic, uh, Annabelle Neesham, Swix Exile. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts here because there's a text on the text line wanting to know what you thought of Swiss Exile and then also uh, what we thought of Capital Tower to come out of that race. I'm not sure, Duff, if you caught that race or Munns, if you want to yeah. comment on the Spirit of Boom. Uh, look, yeah, Swift Exile was pretty good first up, but um, oh, I've got eyes for one runner there. Let me find the race. Um, uh Political poli- debate. Political yeah. debate. Yeah. yeah, political debate. It's the one. It's the one. Yeah. Uh, JJ Gatkin's written all over it. I'd suggest um, typical Chris Waller. Uh, it's got the resonator form, so that Frank's resonator when he goes to the size. Uh, but when this horse hits the mile, um, he's out as a bill mare by so you think. Um, he's gone from one run to the next, looking good both times, and you get to have a peak performance. So. Yeah, only eyes for one horse there for me out of that race. And then mm. keeping it, uh, well, I'll come to you here, Munns, keeping it consistent with Pike and Waller, uh, the run of Written Beauty on Saturday. Yeah, well, back to Swix Exile, Dave. Now, this is uh, one of those occasions where um, the, the NOP prices tell, don't tell you the full story. This was the biggest go all day in Brisbane on Saturday, Swiss Exile. It was $19 into $8.50. But on the N O, oh sorry, QOP in Brisbane, uh, or as uh, Terry Spargo just says, the OP. No matter where you are, um, it was nineteen dollars in. Now at this stage, race five, they just wanted to be on horses that were going to be on speed, and this was the one they sort of said, "Well, that's right uh, here. That's the one we're going to be on here." So it was a very, very good go. Swiss so- exile there. So hang on. So when you say the, the what's what's happening there? With well, the see QAP what happens, and... Dave. The the official price only kicks in twenty minutes before the race. You know, these markets have been open since Wednesday, and that race was due to go at eight minutes after two. The the official price that comes up on the screen, which is the fluctuations you'll see in the form guide, um, the first price posted on that is at you know quarter to two, and this horse will on on. Um, uh, Monday was $13, on Wednesday it was $16, on Thursday it was $17, on Friday it was $18, on Saturday morning it was $19, then firmed into 18 When we did the preview it was $16, and by the time we got to 20 minutes before the race it was $9.50 to $8.50. So the $9.50 to $8.50 is not telling you the true story. No. So in, in, in because of the, the way in which we are now with uh, these particular horses and, and the, these markets, does this need to be... Looked at um, for no, no. for well, future. Dave, no? That's why you listen to Sky Thoroughbred Central and get told this horse. Don't, the the OP price is not telling you the true indication. Uh, it's the same as you might say with the horse that you back there in secret. 
was $11 on Monday, $4 on Wednesday, $3.40 Thursday, $3.30 Friday, $3 Saturday morning, and, and got to $4 on Saturday. Uh, and you might say, well, geez, it's a drift because it's the lay of the day. They did more money on In Secret than any result on the day in any race in Australia. Um, no, no, what I'm saying, though, is if, if someone, you know, doing their form this week jumps on Riser and sees, you know, Swiss Exile, right, 9 to 8, um, what I'm saying is, is there any way in which if you're not following the radio intently every day or listening or you missed the preview for some reason, you know, kids' sport, whatever, is there somewhere in this country where we can access? No. no. Does, and that's what I'm saying. Does yeah. that need to change? No. no. Well, or, Dave, or, you know, when do you want to take a price from a horse for? Now, in the official rise of fluctuation, Swiss Exile is $9.50 to $8. Now, that you'll say, well, that's a firm anyway. Um, but unless you're following that market and working out what was happening, uh, you would know that it was $19 in the morning. It's the same. I don't know what the fluctuations for Andermatt will come up on Saturday, but it was $2 in the morning. Its flux might only be $1.60 to $1.55. But it was still two dollars in the morning for as much as you want. What are your horses to follow? We'll come to you here, Duff, first for the week. What do you like? No, it has to be in secret as far as the future's concerned. Dynamic impact resumed with style. Um, he's early in his prep and up at the right time of the year. Maybe a little sneaky derby chance to kabosh uh, from the Waller camp. I thought the penny hasn't dropped with him, but it might. He just had a trip away now and back to Brisbane and... Uh, he might come through the back door for the for the Queensland Derby and run well at, at, uh, at pretty good odds. And uh, Dino, what what are your horses to follow? Uh, we just mentioned a couple of them, Dave. Uh, out of that uh, race won by He's a Shocker, Kipps was making his Australian debut, uh, best four hundred, two hundred of the day, and really wasn't. Uh, went to the line. Full of running, uh, he's got plenty to offer. Coolth, as I said, 2,000 metres, though, that would be the stipulation on him. And Cardinal Gems, a bit of a heartbreaker because he gets back, but it was a messy race on Saturday. I think he would have raced closer had they uh, run along at a stronger tempo. Uh, he's ready to win. So Kips, Coolth, and Cardinal Gem. Okay, fantastic. And Munn's your horse to follow? Uh, well, not often, Dave. A horse becomes a horse to follow two runs back. From a spell, but we made surreal step a horse to follow out of Hawkesbury. If you missed it on Saturday, you'll still be underneath the coffee table trying to work out what happened to it. So you've got to stay on its back. So I'm not getting rid of it. Surreal step. The last horse we made uh, the horse to follow two runs in a row was Jewess. Uh, dynamic impact, I agree. Be an ideal ride for Cathy O'Hara, I reckon. Next ride. Uh, dynamic impact. She rides a bit for Maddie Smith. And we mentioned it earlier, Dave, uh, Signore Fox out of, uh, out of the, uh, the 10,000. Too bad Bjorn trains it. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and before we go, before we go, um, I've got a, our main men, uh, they've done it again, Dean and Mark on Saturday. They both found Jimmy the Bear. $23, um, and they both found the Quaddy 4400 so amazing. Uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners got that Quaddy on Saturday, and um, uh, and I much appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, and with, what was it about Jimmy the Bear that you liked um, so much? I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, Dino, but going into the race? Oh, geez, he was, um, he was in a race he couldn't win first up, and 1400 in the spring, he was... Uh, horses ran third, fourth, fifth in a stakes race there were 
uh, Jimmy the Bear, Cardinal Gem and Daily Bugle. And Cardinal Gem was near enough favourite. Daily Bugle was like $8 and uh, and Jimmy the Bear was $20. So it was didn't make sense to me, that was all. Well done. Uh, we've got another one more caller, boys, before you wrap it up. I think we've got on the line joining us, Ken. G'day, Ken. Yes, good morning, Dave. Just a quick question for Glenn Munsey. First yes, winner at Eagle Farm, horses to follow, Boomer Nova. One by four and a half lengths on a soft six. Previous one on a good track, but it ran 57 point oh one and uh, 5711 I think it was yeah I know that 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 caused plenty of consternation on Saturday how a horse on a a soft six could run faster time than it did on a good four and well it ran about you know uh, ran a couple of lengths quicker than it did yeah, so um, yeah, so its last two starts at Eagle Farm in a 1,000-metre race, it's managed to uh, basically hit the ground and keep going. So that's now, it's, um, it's won five races, and two of them have been a 1,000 metres at Eagle Farm. What do you think, good horse? Oh, well, mate, it just showed speed, and it was an advantage there to be on speed on Saturday, but it just, it just found the front and kept going and, and yeah. ran up to exactly the run that it did uh, the previous time at Eagle Farm. Same track, same distance, um, yeah, albeit it... Went from a 78 to a, 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 a Class 6 on Saturday. Class 6, yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, yeah. thanks, Glenn. Okay. Good day. Beautiful. Thank you very much for that. Uh, looking ahead to, to this week. So we're back at Rose Hill on Saturday, aren't we? We've got the Lord Mayor's Cup on the weekend. Uh, we've got at uh, Flemington. What have we got? The Taj Rossi series. We've got... Uh, so it's a Super Vobus day down there, is it, Dino? Uh, no, all the winter heats and yeah, a few heats of winter races, and there'll be the straight six, which is uh, a listed race uh, down the straight. Uh, probably more like the uh, Goodwood Consolation, really, because uh, 1,200 metres sprint on the same day as the Goodwood. Uh, it'll be the horses just a rung below. So uh, yeah, that's the stakes race of the day on Saturday. And we've got the Dooman Cup in Brisbane as the feature, being the Group One. Obviously, what price is Zaki Glen going into that on the weekend? Uh, well, he worked on Saturday, Dave. He worked on Saturday after the first race. Uh, $1.50. $1.50. So all eyes on the skies there this week. Although um, early in the week, not much rain at all, but the rain is expected to return to Brisbane, I think, on Saturday. And and this is... It's, they're going back to Doombin, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, Doombin, Doombin on Saturday. got a race there this week. Yeah. Yeah. got a race yet. Yeah. Okay, and so Dave, I've, uh, Timmy Ryan is in the office at the moment, and he sent me an email... Next Monday on Putters Postmortem, the big dance will be exclusively revealed for the show. Oh, there you go. So they are, well, Cookie the Bookie, I hope he's got a sling there or something. Maybe he's going to send a cart in Timmy's way because they'll be working feverishly uh, this week. Um, the last thing before we go, boys, uh, Adelaide. I'm just seeing already a few little bits here for the Inferno coming through, uh, of course, on Saturday uh, in the Goodwood. So we've got the Goodwood in the boat, though, $5 for it. Now, you... Are you keen, Dino? Are you going that way? You've locked in within the boat? Goodwood? Oh, I think he's going to take a lot of running down. He's probably not as well-weighted under the set weights and penalties, but uh, he'll he'll lead them. And it's been a good race for leaders in recent years. Uh, the Goodwood, we saw Sabah to excel last year, uh, lead all the way. And uh, it, uh, I think he'll, yeah, he'll give them something to chase. Hope the weather stays fairly fine. That's the main thing. He does prefer drier ground, but... Uh, no, he's in great form. He, he's uh, he's ready to go. He's what one about tough your... horse, isn't he? He's one yeah, tough he certainly horse. Is. Yeah, he just likes to run at his top duffer. We we uh, we held him up uh, his first run in Victoria. Thought he was a total certainty, and he got beaten at Swan Hill. 
and the horse that beat him actually won the last on Saturday, easy single, so it wasn't a bad Swan Hill benchmark 64. Um, but, uh, yeah, since we've been riding him aggressively and leading on him, uh, uh, he's only been beaten once. And just on uh, Adelaide, um, Dino, just in terms of yourself, are you able to travel over and, and watch the Goodwood? Or are you no, watch I won't him at be home? able to. I'll be, okay. uh, I'll be cheering from home. I'll, uh, I'll make a, hopefully be making a fool of myself in the comfort of home. Fantastic. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, have a wonderful week. Good luck, Dino, within the boat uh, in the Goodwood. Hopefully the Barrier Gods are good to you. Munns, have a good week. And Duff, have a good week as well. See you, guys. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave.